Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. It is the Two Wise Johns with your girl, Morgan. And your other girl, Shannon. These basic names. <laughs> I mean, what do you... Do you have a middle name? Uh, of course. Are you, oh, wait. No, we shouldn't tell the people, right? That's like too much. Okay. Yeah. Cause I like, was like, should we, we start... Box or something? I mean, I feel like people know, but... I was like, should we start going by our middle names? But, uh, yeah, I feel like I just don't want to give that much of myself to the internet, you know? I feel like I already have, but let's not this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've tweeted it before, but... Okay, so <laughs> or said it on this podcast, we're just going to so. move on right along. <laughs> uh, pass the names, because... Uh, you know, next time we might just go by nicknames, you know? Who knows? We will. Um, I get to see Shannon shortly, actually. It's, was it presently today? It's May. Saturday, May 21st, beautiful sunny day in Seattle. I'll be in Philly, and so will she for the Roots Picnic. Yes. So that'll be fun. I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> I love that we just told, we just said we were going to like be private. And then we're like, here's our exact location <laughs> in next week. <laughs> It'll be a densely, densely populated festival. Yes. So good so, luck trying to find us. But, um. uh, best of luck to you. But yeah, I'm so excited about that. I haven't been to a concert. I don't think I've been to a concert since like, you know. The pandemic started, and I'm really excited. Um, yeah, I can't say I haven't. I definitely went to the James Blake concert. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Last year in September, and then I'm headed to Heim. You know, I love my girls, our girls Heim uh, in Seattle, and then also got randomly persuaded to go to an internet, the Sit the Kid concert. <gasps> So I that'll be fun. So that's all. So this is all June. So I have three concerts yeah. in June. Ooh, it's June's music month. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Um, so today's episode, we are going to talk about, you know, a lot has happened. And <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, a lot is always happening. And that's part of the problem. So a you lot has happened happen? in just like, no, yes. but you know what I mean? Political climate, America. It's, it's it's becoming very Donald Glover, This Is America, the, the music video. Um, so dark days since that Our discussion dropped. today would be about the <laughs> dark days. Um, would be about that and conservatism and all the divide. Uh, but before we get into that, per usual, there's some fun hot topics to talk about. Right? Yeah, so let's, let's start on a high note uh, and get into the hot topics. Uh, congratulations are in order. To, you know, some of the John's favorite girls, let's start with girl number one. Rihanna, who's been pregnant for the time that women normally are pregnant, uh, but it has seemed like two years because she gave us so much incredible fashion. Fashion. Belly was out. She's inspiring the girls. They're wearing their bellies out, too. And it's like very, I am woman, hear me roar. And I love it. And she had her baby, and it's been confirmed that Rihanna, gasp, shocks, hashtag, had a baby boy. Hashtag boy mom. Hashtag boy mom. Uh, (laughs) And raise him right, Riri. That, yes, because Lord knows we need. We need to start raising our boys. 
<laughs> but no, super congratulations to her. She had a wonderful, seemingly mm-hmm. radiant pregnancy. So um, congratulations to her and ASAP yes. Rocky. Um, ASAP and, Rocky and baby ASAP. is also now and, a father. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I had to, to put them in there. Like, uh, Rihanna's sperm donor. No. <laughs> I mean, um, they're now a cute little family. So excited for them and, uh, you know, wishing them sleep and a non-colicky baby. Uh, in other news, uh, there's cause for celebration. I feel like we've been, not we, but. By we, I mean me, because I've been celebrating, um, and probably in news that literally no one else listening to this probably cares about. Courtney uh, Kardashian and Travis Barker are officially married, and I think this is like the third time they've done it, but like it's legal now, so they're like officially together. So that's cute and exciting. Congratulations! I did catch a couple of episodes of the new mm-hmm. Kardashians on Hulu. Um, Shout out to Kendall for being a COVID truther. Um, and it, they seem cute. By they, I mean Kravis, yeah, Travis, and Courtney. He's like so into her. He, he seems like a very kind gentleman. He does. Like, I I don't know. He just seems like a, just like a calm, dope dude who's like, I just want to make music and like be with my kids and my girl and, you know. That's the key to life, especially if you have a million dollars, <laughs> over a million. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, but yeah, congratulations to them. And um, before we get into <laughs> <laughs> the next, I'm laughing because I'm just looking at the lineup. and I'm It's like, a mess. Just, just it's the just been a mess. It's a mess. Okay? <laughs> but before I get into that, uh, the, the first concert I went to of the pandemic was the Tune Yards. It was amazing. I had to get that out because I was like, I do not want to discredit that. If we've never seen them live, please go. But back to other music news. Wait, who? That's messy. The Tune Yards? Oh, I don't know her. Well, it's a band, but yes, Meryl, she's the lead. Okay. She's amazing. It was, she was very, you know, conversant, I mean, very um, uh, considerate of the fact that it was a pandemic once. She said, like, everyone have your mask on. And she was like, this is my first show okay. of pandemic too. Um, what kind you of You do music? know them. It's like, what's the business? It's like, they had that song that was kind of popular in 2011. It's like, what's the business? Yeah. I see. Whatever. What store Guys, did check they it play out. that That's song in? Or would they have played that song? Don't I'm just saying. But it would have been. It okay, would have been Urban so Outfitters, that's what I'm saying. Probably. I'm like trying to place they where I would have heard it. They would have definitely had been on that Urban Outfitters okay. like mixtape they released yeah. every week back in the day in the, hip, the hipster <laughs> era. So <laughs> um, that's probably that's probably honestly how I found out about them. See, you so, were trying um, to play me. If you play that song, I mean, because I'm a fan now. I've been a fan. It's been what okay, ten years, fair. eleven years since then. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Um, but yes, everyone, including Shannon, when the podcast is over, please go check them out on Spotify. Tune Yards. <laughs> or title. Tune dash Yards. I hope someone's judging I, you as, I mean, as you're listening. I feel like everybody's always judging this you is like, no? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is like when you thought Little Dragon okay, was Imagine Dragons. Okay, let's move on. And that really, okay, let's move on, because that really pained me. Let's move on to YSL, Gunna. Young Thug and Rico charges. Oh, so one thing I learned through this whole thing is, wow, 
everyone in the hood knows what the hell a Rico Girl, charge is. you listen, you cannot <laughs> play with black people and knowing what you could be charged with at any time. I knew I grew up well when I had no idea what the hell y'all was talking about. I was like, see, I grew up you not know part what? of the riffraff. Because the way y'all... It's because the Rico <laughs> charge is like the charge that is... It's racketeering. Yeah. It's a way to get everyone everybody in, in the like, crew. So it's like the company you keep charge. So it's probably also a thing where birds the, of a fl- birds of a feather. Yeah. And so charge. your parents are like, yo, if you cannot hang out with the wrong crowd because you might not do something, but if your homeboy does something and they try to bring him down, they might pull you into it. And now you have a charge and now I gotta come out of pocket and try to find money for a lawyer. So Hello. Yeah, I think that the Rico charge was originally for Either the Irish or yeah, the Italian I think it, mob. Yeah, I think it was the Italian mob. And then, okay. Yeah. And it makes sense because they're, they're savvy. So it was probably very difficult for the feds and the local government officials to try to get them with something. So they're like, we know they're doing something and causing a havoc and intimidating people in the community. But there's really no way to get them. And then they insert RICO charges. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, because they're something. like, no, this is like Some a sort whole... Of a- <laughs> it's not just one crime you're doing. This is a, li- a string of crimes. And this is just the basis of what you do as part of this criminal organization that you're running. So essentially right. what the Georgia prosecutors are going to argue or are trying to argue... Break it down for us, <laughs> Is that... Because, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> is that Young Thug and members and people affiliated with Young Stoner Life have been engaging in criminal acts throughout the city and are essentially a street gang? Also, I thought Eve St. Laurent was some bullshit. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I was kept, all I saw was YSL trending. And for those who don't know, let me uh, YSL, she's, Shannon's going to break down what that is, entity is. Gunna is a rapper. From Atlanta? And yes. So, so mm-hmm. and this is Young Thug's record label. And under the record label, there are a ton of artists, including Gunna, which is actually probably the top selling rap artist right now. He's dating Chloe, right? Yeah. Who or was? Knows? Or they're doing something. Um, who knows? Okay. And earlier this month, uh, we found out there were warrants for Young Thug's arrest, Gunna's arrest, and I think about like 20 other associates uh, that the Georgia prosecutors are arguing are part of YSL, which they are characterizing as a gang. And So can yes. we pause for a second? Young Thug named his um, record recording label after the gang name? Or... Well, it's not... Yeah. So what I don't is think YSL? it's a gang. So it's not a gang. See, I'm I'm getting the propaganda of the of the of the of the um, a- prosecutors. <laughs> well, right. So essentially, what they're saying is that it's I. You know, I there might be people that he's associated with that have gang affiliations. I don't think it's it's out of you know. It's probably very likely that somebody that a young black kid growing up in an urban environment is going to have connections with people who might of have course. established yeah. gang affiliations. I think they. I think they think that YSL in particular is somehow affiliated with the Bloods. They're saying that it's, um, they're like an affiliate, affiliated with the National Blood Gang. And I don't know, I guess YSL would be like a a subsidiary. (laughs) It sounds like some of them are Bloods. That's all it sounds like. You know, like he, some of the artists 
are probably bloods or affiliated with. What led to the charges? Did someone die? Did someone get assaulted? Like, why so, all of a sudden? the way this works is that they've been building a case for a while. So they probably, I think it goes back to, like, one of the charges against Young Thug specifically is that he rented a getaway car that was used in a murder for two of the other people that are being charged as with you know, as part of this uh, Rico ring um, or this street gang ring. Um, and so it goes back, I think the latest it goes back to is like 2015. And so what they're trying to do is piece together all of these crimes and connect them together, essentially to the people involved longer sentences. And then that's the evidence they're using to say that this is, it's not just you know, a one-off and that this is a group that has been committing crimes for a long time. And that is the evidence they're showing is that this is like the threat they pose to society. Um, so there are, I believe, murder charges involved. I, there's none against Young Thug or Gunna. Um, Gunna, I think his charge is like overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy and the conspiracy is that he's part of a street gang and a lot of lyrics and in social media posts have been used as evidence i don't know if that will actually stand up because (laughs) rappers lie um and i'm sure you know you have drug charges i believe there's Mm -hmm. a robbery charge involved and so that I think they just felt like they had enough evidence to support these charges and then were able, then, then were able to present it to a judge and then get warrants for the arrest. Right. Got it. Huh. All right. Well, prayers up to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like hearing all that, I don't know, you know, my systemic approaches, let's raise our boys, right. Raise our kids, right. Um, and support their families and parents. So that can happen. Because that's just a lot of, you know, it sounds like Thug probably wasn't as involved, but he was like, you know, like, sure. Like, if he's the one with the purse strings or the credit card, then probably he probably is yeah, affiliated th- in ways he could intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah, I, th- I think there are three charges against Thug. There's only one against Gunna. I, fe- I feel like the, the charge against Gunna is, like, really... I, not gonna hold. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's strong at all. Like it's like a song lyric. Um, yeah. Then you know we'll see how this goes, but uh, it's looking worse for Young Thug than it is for Gunna, um, and that's probably rings true for other people that uh, were charged in relation to to this. Street gang, <laughs> street gang. These Rico, these. I don't know why street gang. Like old school. Like I don't know. Like uh, I don't know. Zoot suity time. Yeah, I'm like this. Um, these group of men congregating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to call it. These young this gentlemen. Yeah. Um, so with the YSL charges, <laughs> that also feels weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we definitely. It's like you know, the beginning of everything. Um, and so we'll definitely be watching and keeping keeping an eye on what's happening with these cases. Uh, just to note, uh, also on RICO charges, it's very hard to get bail. Uh, so right now, Gunna and Young Thug are being held in 
Georgia jail. Mm. Speaking of being held in jail, that reminds me of Brittany. Is it Brittany Griner? Yes. She's still in she Russia. Still I, in I Russia. went to a Seattle Storm versus LA Sparks game. I thought of last night, Seattle Storm won. Sue Bird is 40 and still playing. One. Wait, she was I thought playing she was against a coach. Liz Cambage. Girl, I thought so too, but she was on the court, girl. What? Playing with the storm. But I thought of you because it didn't dawn on me until like halfway through the game that Liz Cambage was on LA's team. So I was like, that's Shannon's girl. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I, got, I got to see her. The Amazonian play with her, the goddess. Team. Liz Cambage. She towers. Every time they did a huddle or a half, what is it, a timeout, she like towers over Honestly, the I feel like she's just. It's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen, have you seen the anime Attack on Titan? That big thing. Yes, I feel like she's trying to say she's that big no, thing. No, but I, I guess yes. Uh, <laughs> it was like that big thing. But I just feel like memes. she's like walking through, like they walk through the village and she's just like palming heads and and then getting the ball into the basket. Uh, <laughs> sorry no, if you pretty, find this disrespectful, like, Liz, but I just think you're just so tall and big and take up so much space, and I think that's incredible. It is. She's an impressive player on the court. Yeah, so she's it's a nice addition. It was a great. It was a lot of fanfare. It went for like a UPenn Cornell event. Okay. And they did a good job. Like, you know, everyone talks about the WNBA, but the Seattle Storm organization does a great job of making it feel like it was really, it was a great entertaining, the crowd participation game. I have heard that, like, that. It was great. Like going to WNBA games is so much fun. <laughs> and the atmosphere yeah. is good. The fans of- are into it. So many, like, yeah, they do a lot of community outreach, I can tell. There are so many, like, high school yeah. basketball teams there. I love that. It was it was good. But why did I derail? Oh, because people still in jail. Pray for Brittany at home. I was like, is she still over there, y'all? Yeah, so no there are rumors <laughs> that I, there's, they, there's, like, a prisoner exchange deal that is being floated. And I'm hopefully uh, that can go through. It seems like there's like a Russian arms dealer that the U.S. has been keeping, and so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, do what you got to do. The way I would be supporting all of that, listen, about parents, I'm like, do it. Listen, uh, <laughs> arms deals. <laughs> I saw the news and I was like, I should feel I, there's something here, but also get Brittany home. Exactly. Speaking of sports, Sports Illustrated released, um, is it annual? The yeah. Edition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used okay. to be so obsessed with it as a kid, uh, which... Me too, but I'm the same thing with other things that yeah. I'm more <laughs> about. Um, but it really triggered, uh, you know, the zeitgeist a little as bit. As it should, um, because, you know, you've got hot feed- women on a, on a beach, on a magazine cover. Right, so it yeah. always gets people excited and titillated. In this case, Ooh. it triggered though. Um, Bitch, what happened? They had um, a plus-sized <laughs> Asian model named Yumi New on the cover, um, which led to the Wait, usual just fat women hate. I don't think I've seen this one. Oh, I. It, she reminds me. Her body type reminds me of that former really famous plus-size model, Ashley. Oh, Ashley Graham? Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about Ashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Uh, oh, she looks hot. Or actually, no. I think Ashley Graham might have more of a Ash- I- figure eight. Yeah, yeah. Than um, Yumi. So that, maybe that's part of it. Yumi has, like, Yumi has less of a traditional... Usually when they say plus-size model, it's like you have to have like, yeah. the dimensions, right? The, you still have to have the that, that super hourglass, down. and Yumi does not. 
Yeah. Yumi does not. She looks and hot. And so the men on the... She looks great, but I guess it triggered people mm-hmm. on the internet. Notably men. Most notably Jordan uh, Peterson, <laughs> who's like the Kevin's... R.I.P. Kevin we need Samuels. To get we'll get to, to that. that in a second. But he's yeah. like the white man's Kevin Samuels. <laughs> With <laughs> credentials. Him. He's the he's white like two-parent actually, household. I think he he actually has a PhD. And I, I didn't mention his credentials because it doesn't do anything Yeah, no, him. I mean, still, uh, you know, I'm just saying that been able to peddle his bullshit. Still sad man fodder. Um, but yeah, it definitely enables him more to spew his nonsense. Um, but yeah, he said something along the lines of, I don't know what he said. It was something like, no matter how much the left propagates um, whatever the yeah. hell this is, I'll never get a boner from it. That was pretty much a takeaway. He just <laughs> had to let us know that this woman <laughs> that he does not have a shot at having sex with ever, he just had to let us know that he does not find her attractive. And, and he's one of those guys like Joe Rogan and Elon Musk who mm-hmm. can who has a lot of followers. So once he says something, it, gets the, it moves the needle on virality. So it caused a lot of unfair discussion about her. Um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of pushback. So I'm happy that there's a lot of pushback. Even his own fans. I think one guy who seems like, uh, he's like, hey there, Jordan. I've always been a fan of yours, but my wife looks like her and I think she's hot. So like, <laughs> I guess he did what? get some pushback from his <laughs> I, I, I Actually, because I think he left Twitter, right? So I'm like, he, maybe he... He did. He, he, then he dramatically left Twitter because he pretty much called her ugly. Oh, he said, no matter what you do, I'll never consider something like this beautiful. And so people responded by calling him <laughs> ugly and looking like Schmeagol. And he said, Twitter's the most toxic place in the world. My thing is, how can you go viral calling then, someone else not beautiful? It's crazy. With such like disdain and then get mad that someone called you ugly. Like you like, <laughs> It was. I was actually taken aback by the level of um, snowflakeness. I got, what is it? Enti- I'm tired of using the word enti- snowflakeness, entitlement. Like I don't know what the word is, but it's it boggles my mind that it's they don't cra- have that. Yeah, two and they it's, and that's a thing that they. It's crazy. It's the audacity. It's like the audacity. I guess. Me. Uh, because he, me. I'm sure, is probably one yeah. of the first people to say that you know people just can't handle the truth and like don't want to listen, and that's the problem. And it's like. Well, here you are. You said something. People responded to it, and you can't stand the response. So now you're getting off of Twitter because of the toxicity you created. You've started on this topic specifically. What? Stop making sense. Again, they think they should be able to rule and oppress <sighs> and speak their opinions without any we pushback. We are because We're I have had enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough I've, I've had enough i like people like him are the reason people like they create the monsters okay so we've had enough um anything else oh kevin samuels i i, I gotta gotta give him yes. more than a quick RIP, um, right kevin samuels who we have spoken about on more than one occasion um podcaster man who wears suits also glasses uh, passed away. <laughs> um, the Black Dos Equis man. Very unexpectedly. Yeah. Passed away unexpectedly. Like From a heart attack? Very unexpectedly. Um, didn't see that coming. Yeah, from a heart attack. Seemingly after yeah. a night of what fun. What a way to go. Um, I guess living as he... Died as he di- lived? 
I don't know, dying don't as know. he lived. Uh, Already talked about. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't have a lot to say. Yeah. We don't have vitriol for him, <laughs> but we also don't have like a lot of, you know. No. He impacted. I guess the takeaway is the response was overwhelming. There are people in my real life who were like saddened about it. Oh, I know. I th- I oh. okay. Yeah, people. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. People like I remember I was telling you, I was like, I don't think you're realizing like people need a leader, Shannon. And he was he was leading the oh people. Oh my gosh, <laughs> just follow me. <laughs> but no, so I think I was taken, you know, I was like, wow, I guess whatever he was saying resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. There was a void. I'm not sure he was the perfect answer to that void. And my you you already know Shannon and my thoughts on how to ameliorate certain areas of the, you know, culture, but I guess he wasn't answer all the same. Yes. Or, and so he resonated he, deeply with many people. Who and felt unheard. People who felt unheard. Who and so needed I think guidance, who wanted, yeah, who, just needed uncle, someone to yell mentor, at them, to go to the gym. Apparently, one guy said, to wash like, their you know, sheets. like, he, he told me to wash my, literally, it was something like he told me, and he was being sincere. He's like, he told me to wash my sheets, lose weight. And stop complaining or eat better. And like maybe hearing it from a black man in a suit made me do it. So I'm like, I'm sure your mama told you the same thing. And I'm sure all your friends have mentioned it or like, but I guess some people need to hear it from a black man in a suit who makes fun of people online. So I don't know. Yeah. I, what a legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, very unexpected death that I guess. Yes, definitely impacted a lot of people. Lots of tattoos got spawned over the last three weeks. Lord. Ke- Kevin Sam was right on their biceps. Pray for tattoo artists. <laughs> <laughs> so RIP, Brother Reverend, Uncle Daddy, Kevin Samuels. Um, anything else? Get it together. I know. Anything else? I, no, I think we. <laughs> I think we should just move on. Okay. Let's get angry. How about that? Let's get angry. This is an angry episode, um, and we should be angry. A lot has happened that honestly, genuinely angered me. I was viscerally upset. Um, yeah. I'm referencing Buffalo. I'm referencing that same week. There were several other shootings. I'm referencing Roe v. Wade. I'm oh. referencing. You know, CRT constantly. I'm referencing mm-hmm. um, black kids growing up with mothers who aren't black who are <laughs> denouncing their identity. Um, uh-huh. I'm referencing all of it. All so lots in the past four weeks have made Shannon and I a little bit more. Usually we're kind of blasé, but and this still might come off more blasé than most. <laughs> just because our tones are, but we're upset. Girl, we mad. So the theme of today's episode, episode 82, um, kind of, you know, taking a magnifying glass and looking at America. You know, we've noted a, a primal division. You know, I think Shan said a foundational chasm, which I kind of liked, um, within our country. and. Mm-hmm. And some people are saying, some people feel like it's new, like, oh, the polarity yes, in America has been right growing. Now. It's heightened. It's heightened right now. And it's been growing. And that's true. But as sure. two people of, uh, two black American women, 
we can tell you foundationally the chasm has been there. Long, and long, now long we just time. have social long, long time. And so, you know, let's let's get into it. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, we talked about polarity, and we talk about polarity polarity in America usually mean political divisions and. We have a primarily two-party system, right? We have the Dems and we have the Republicans. And the Dems are supposed to, what Elon Musk said recently on Twitter, allegedly, I mean, uh, you know, meant to be the party of the people, the party of kindness or whatever. Um, and then you have the Republican Party, which historically has flip-flopped, but of recent, it's the conservative party, mm-hmm. the party of traditional Tradicon values. Um and what I've noticed that's been upticking a lot, and I've noticed this for a while, kind of since I've been on Reddit, but it's definitely in more in the media now, is this rise and almost this pride in conservatism um, and what that means and how it's affecting others. And it's making me have a come to terms with, like, what is conservatism and is it something I align with? Because what I'm seeing seems to align more with my values over everything else. And so that seems to be a common thread with those who espouse conservatism as their primary value system. Okay. Yeah. But we can kind of talk about what conservatism means first, because I think that's a primary yeah, let's, through line. Let's like break that down. So, okay, before we do that, the main issue, chasm, is it... So it's re- it's really the primal divide between people who are conservatives and everybody else, or like that's, that's the division. Like to me, yeah, I think if you had to say that's the division, okay. conservatives and everyone else. I think Dems are the catch-all for the everything else. Yes, for I think historically Republicans, were, whatever. So that's why I'm like, it doesn't even matter to focus on the political affiliation. If you just follow what the conservative group is doing, mm-hmm. that's what you can follow. And then there's everything else. Okay, so when we talk about the conservative group, like what type, what's conservatism? Good question. That's a really good question. So we have some, you know, um, encyclopedic definitions of it, (laughs) um, which is good to know because it does tie into generally what it is. Um, So conservatism is an aesthetic, cultural, social, and political philosophy which seeks to promote and to preserve traditional social institutions and practices. In Western culture, conservatives seek to preserve a range of institutions such as organized religion, parliamentary government, and property rights. I'm, I'm pausing because these are, again, these are key to American, you know, ide- ideology. Mm-hmm. Conservatives tend to favor institutions and practices that guarantee stability. Um, generally, it's commitment to traditional values and ideas with opposition to change or innovation. And it's the holding of political views that favor Free enterprise, private ownership, and socially traditional ideas. So does does this sound familiar at all? It does. It does, right? I feel like every word you were saying was like (laughs) triggering me, which does America (laughs) trigger me? Probably yes. (laughs) But it's definitely at this juncture, strong GOP values. Yeah. Um, So the core of the GOP, the present GOP, not the pre-Lincoln GOP, it's this. Um, it's commitment to traditional values that opposes change or innovation and it's political views that favor free enterprise, 
you see this a lot with Elon Musk and everyone who wants to focus on capitalism, mm-hmm. private ownership, and traditional ideas. Yeah. Um, traditionally conservative ideas, you know, two-parent household, wife in a kitchen, stuff like that. Um, and so that's how the dictionary defines it, which yeah. I thought does a great job of kind of <laughs> drilling it home. Yeah. Um, you know what? I like thinking of like that last part you just said, like socially traditional values. And, you know, we talked about Kevin Samuels. I feel like part of his appeal in some sense was that he was talking about a relationship structure between men and women that was very traditional, right? And like, Oh, yeah. He was rebelling. They liked him because finally someone's sticking up against the alphabet mafia. Yeah. Right? That's what they and say. like the feminists and all and that stuff. And, and the blue-haired people. Yeah. And, and it the girls who are unmarried. Mm-hmm. And it definitely feels like, I mean, I, like white women aside and how they vote, um, I it seems like from what I can tell online anyway and from like YouTube and people who are bubbling up and seem to have large male audiences. I know Joe Rogan probably doesn't think of himself as a conservative, but a lot of the he gives his platform to everybody, yes, but a lot of the people feed There's into a, the, certain conspiracy theories that at the end of the day when you follow the thread support conservative ideologies. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan and Elon Musk mm -hmm. both wouldn't consider themselves conservative, but absolutely are. Yeah. Um, Why do you think it seems right now that like conservatism has such a strong appeal for men? Because Okay, so can I get, I can answer that. Can Mm -hmm. I get into how I have defined, like looking at all of this and studying it in my spare time? armchair analysis <laughs> i have my own definition of conservative that okay, ties into like the definitions okay. that we just explained yeah, but yeah, it does yeah. kind of answer your question because i think the venn diagram is a circle um so how i personally have decided every time i like oh they fit into they're probably conservative is um i have like six or seven sort of check boxes i tick off mm-hmm. more tribal than not so tribal meaning like, oh, you know, my community, only people who look like me or my clan, my folk, my kin, loyalty, you know, that, that loyalty word. Oh, God. Um, more competitive thing. than not. Mm-hmm. More dominant driven than not. More possessive than not. More territorial than not. More legacy driven and thus more traditions oriented okay. than not. Um, so those are the, the, those are the kind of key seven tenets. And so the, the, the real core of it is me, 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 me. Yeah. My, mine, and mine, mine. And so then you get into liberties. The only liberties that I notice people who check off those boxes mm-hmm. that they care about are those and the ones they feel entitled to, the freedoms they feel entitled to, are ones that they, without hesitation, will get at the expense of someone else. So okay. there's also this lack of compassion yeah. and willingness to oppress. That's that competitive, dominance-driven. Right. So... To me, it's a, and to me, that's a lot of men. I was going to say this out. This sounds like what dudes, like the traits that and people and assign is, to not, masculinity. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, they're definitely, to me, those are oppressive values that oppress others. Of course. But they're also values that men laud and are happy to like, they're proud of. Right. Yeah. And so that's why you see, a, and that's why Elon Musk and Joe Rogan and Kevin Samuels and Jordan Peterson they don't outright say we're only for men, but they espouse those values and those values just align with 
masculinity and man Mm -hmm. that more. Yeah. Um, And the women I I naturally don't have any of those (laughs) tendencies. I mean, maybe some, but like definitely more not often than not. So I wouldn't align with that anyway. No. I've noticed the people who do, do. Yeah. And I would say I looking at this, like I would think that the women who would feel aligned with this are also women who feel some sort of safety protection in the traditional system where men Mm -hmm. are the protector. So there's, you're safer if you are in his tribe or in his great, in his good graces. In his good graces. That's really what it is. Cause he's also probably, because he will protect the whole, yeah. And protect it from others, not him. Mm-hmm. Right. No, not him. Yeah. So like, you're not, he's going to do everything he did to others to you. That's the thing. Women like that never seem to, it's, it's a trade-off mm-hmm. analysis, a trade-off, I guess, but Mm-mm. they pick and choose. <laughs> they like, I guess I'd rather get beat by him than by the random man, whatever. No, um, but it's the not devil a devil, you know, I guess is the devil, better. you know, but that's what I'm noticing. It's, a lot of these values are, oppressive is the word I keep using because it's why you see the overlap with the mass shooters, the, the, uh, Mm -hmm. it's why there's such a strong overlap there because it's violent. At the end of the day, a lot of the things I mentioned have strong overlap with aggression and violence. Yeah. I mean, the possessiveness, exerting exerting my will, you know, at the expense of others, Mm -hmm. lack of compassion. And, and, and it's not, and, and it's lauded. It's like within their eco chamber, echo chambers and their communities, they're, they're not having discussions like we are, where it's like, oh, you should probably temper that. It's good to be dominant when you are, mm-hmm. when you are in defense mode. But I guess they tell themselves we are in defense mode. You know, they have these paramilitary Nazi, neo-Nazi groups in Michigan and all over the United States building up and telling themselves that we're, you know, we are protecting ourselves against the white race dying out. So once they tell them, it's like, you know, uh, propaganda. Yeah. They have to, convince, they have to tell them, because they know it too. They know you can't just be out here killing people. But if they tell themselves constantly, like, okay, but I'm protecting my community mm-hmm. and from the great threat, this like, you know, mystical great threat, then any violence I exert, it's not violence that's just because. It's no, it's justified. Too. It's justified. I am, I am defending. Yeah. I am a protector. I am noble and honor and honorable and great. Mm-hmm. And it's delusional as fuck. But like, this is where we get. <laughs> this is what we get when we have these quote unquote conservative values. So I struggle with conservatism, like as a value system, because it it always leads to stuff like this. Like I haven't seen it not. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, there's no way it can. And to to your point about like. They are like these neo-Nazi groups are telling themselves these things. There's also a a lot of other people who are kind of reinforcing and telling them the same fucking thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that is why, to me, when we bring it back to politics and the Republicans who now are the party that is, I think conservatism is like the cornerstone of the party right now. Um, I I would say so. I don't know that it... I, you know, I can't, my, my high school knowledge of like political, political history is failing me. So I can't say where they were aligned right before, but you know, they were the party of Lincoln. So take that as you will. Um, and now I, they are billing it that we are, you know, white people and white men specifically 
I guess maybe all men love a good war. Uh, so right now, since America is not at war elsewhere, they have too much pent up energy. They have to go officially at war elsewhere. Um, we are there's a war happening right here in the United States, and the war is over American values and American culture, and they are trying to virulently defend it and push what their view of America is. And I think it's been dangerous and it's getting more dangerous. It's, you know, I think Margaret Atwood and her books get brought up a lot, but it's literally, you know, she wasn't a prophet. She just saw the through line and this is what it looks like. It's coming to, you know, it's coming to that. You gotta. They do. We do. Men do love war. So like, so I'm like, it hasn't been a war on our. Pro- <laughs> they're, they're excited for it. They're like they they're are, firing they're, all the guns. Yeah, and, and now like, excited for it. I'm like, you guys want death and destruction. Like I like I don't know. <laughs> like, do you think you wouldn't die? Is that or like? I, I don't think they care. I think they're so hopped up on, I don't know, hate and bitterness and testosterone that they're just like. It's honorable to die for these values that they made up in their head. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. I think the Republican media and, like, the... Which I used to think that they had some sense of diplomacy. You know, I, I thought there was a line, and there I thought is there was not, a line, but I realized once Trump became president, the line diminished. Yeah. So it's like the, the shield was gone, and there's no... Uh, I guess diplomacy, but there's, there's another word I'm looking for. Like, no one respects the off... Like, diplomacy at all. It's just like... Like, the GOP Twitter page, like, their official Twitter page is a menace. Oh it, all it does is... It's like... It, it's a bot. It, it drums up hate <laughs> and, like... In like evil discourse. I'm so serious. But no, like, I know. I would, I, and I, when I first saw their Twitter page, I thought it was a you know like a a troll GOP account that wasn't. But it was, it's their official account. Wow. And so the fact that they're okay with their account being like that, you know, we can't just say it's just Fox News. It's literally that's the that's who they are now. That yeah, that is who they are. And to like, I just they're not selling it. Uh, you know, like economic, an economic plan or a healthcare plan or anything that would actually improve the lives, the quality of people's lives. So what they're selling, it seems to be, and I, this is why it's like they're, they're speaking in code, but not really, not really, because you know who they're talking to. And it's that they want to make the people who vote for them, they're like, listen, we're not going to make your lives better, but what we are fighting for is that we're going to be the party that doesn't make you feel bad about who you are. And the feel bad about who you are means white people, bigots, capitalists, um, <laughs> homophobic people, racist people. Like, this is the party for you because we are anti-political correctness. We are anti talking about the racist history of this country we are you know we're protecting religion by pushing you know homophobic bills pushing transphobic bills pushing bills that are gonna restrict women's women's right to have autonomy over their body 
Um, and we're not going to make you feel bad about doing that. Yep. That's what it comes down to. They are, and that goes, that goes back to identity and value, which is funny because at one point the GOP's biggest thing is, oh, we're not into identity politics like the Democrats are. But yeah. They literally have leaned into identity yeah, politics. Yeah, they have. <laughs> And it, they seem to say, think that if they don't say it out, like if they don't like give a name to the identity, like it doesn't exist. And it's like, no, it's no, you are we saying everything you're talking around it and you're not even talking this, around it. Well, you're not. Um, and it's funny. Who was the justice? Was it um, who wrote the who's who leaked the Roe v. Wade um, opinion? Um, well, we don't know who leaked it yet. But. No, no, but who wrote it? Who? What was the justice's? Uh, Justice Alito. Okay, so Alito, in his statement, or it's called an opinion or a statement? Uh, yeah, it's an opinion, uh, but so the draft in his opinion, opinion, he said something along the lines of, um, uh, he brought up the whole, like, you know, a, another big fear is, like, this white replacement theory aspect. Now, Alito didn't outright say it. But again, I, we we there we can we can infer certain things. He did talk about that the birth rates are down. We're putting out like 1.3, you know, fresh babies a year. I mean, fresh babies, which is you know less than the death rate. Blah 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 blah. But when you look at the decisions being made and the things that are happening, it's very clear he's not like you could. Someone like the Buffalo Killer could read that and say, okay, yeah, he's clearly talking about white. There are mm-hmm. not enough white babies being made. Like, that's how I read it. And then, <laughs> that's how a lot of Republican boys read it, probably. I'm well. sure, because what was, <laughs> what was the year that, like, the National Geographic said America would be brown? It was, it's coming oh, up, it's right? Coming up. It's like 2040. Like it's coming up. So <laughs> they are terrified. Shannon, I'm so glad you brought that Gen up. Z, cause because like, Gen Z is going to be I the remember one. That, that face. It was like the new face of America, yeah. and they look Brazilian or something. <laughs> and so they are terrified yeah. of that. And so it's that literally like, they this would... feels like war to them. Yes. This feels like an uh, attack this on is wiping up survival. They have to get the youth. This is survival instincts for them. They have to get the youth pregnant, yeah. white babies. <laughs> and so they, wow, yep, yep, yep. Uh, so s- That's why this whole breeding thing and white replacement is, theory yeah, and, and all Yeah, and they're pushing it been, hard. Even like their favorite, Elon Musk, he has like About 20 kids, like, you know, like they all align to it. All of that. <laughs> I'm joking, but he has, he has a lot so of so many children. I think he <laughs> like officially has 11. I'm not, I don't know why I said officially. I don't know that there's an unofficial number of children that people suspect Elon Musk of having. He's CD, so but it could be. It could be. You never know. Uh, yes. That is a man that, you know. Okay. I found this on the web for its... Oh, sorry, Siri. She piped up. I'm so sorry, guys. They're always listening. (laughs) Shut up, (laughs) Poe. But yes, uh, and we talked about the white replacement theory. Tucker, I mean, that's a thing that's been around forever. I hate to say it's a Fox News thing. No, it's... I keep wanting to call him Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson thing, that has been a thing... Since America has been since the slaves thing, were like been literally have been black freed. people, black people have been very aware that this has been a fear of white people for yeah. forever. So I'm glad white liberals are now understanding that this is a thing their conservative counterparts talk about. But um, on Fox News too, um, they had it just make me realize like I don't watch that channel, but 
I didn't realize how anti just common sense they were. Yeah. Even that incident with that woman and her son, the white mother and her black son, her biracial, half black, half white son, who just, you know, who has now found black friends as a pre as an adolescent and has, you know, decided he feels like he's a black young man because that's how he looks and that is perceived. And she reacted so negatively to it and literally dragged, like when I say dragged him, admonished him on national television as his mother because he's seeing mm-hmm. himself as a black young man now as opposed to like whatever she was saying he wasn't. And she's like, well, his friends say, like, you know, they're telling him he's being seen that way. Because, woman, he's probably being treated as such. And the way you're acting on Fox News, he probably doesn't feel comfortable. So I guess my point is all of that to me, the fact that that's even on television two days after a crazy white little boy murdered a bunch of black elders in the supermarket. And no one one thought that was a problem. I think that's what blew my mind. I'm like, you guys can callously sit here and discuss and admonish this young black boy who's no. not even there to defend himself and let his mother talk shit about him and black culture and, and how he sees himself as a black person because yeah. he's being treated as such and diminish it and laugh about it a day and a half after a supermarket in Buffalo gets mowed down, like the citizens there get mowed down callously with a guy with an AK that says nigger on it. So I just was like, wow, this is where we live. I guess I, that's what, when I said earlier in the episode that I was upset, seeing stuff like that, like, I think the group, you know, friends laughed at it. I'm like, I can't even laugh because, like, how is this even on television two days after that? And no one gives a shit. No one's calling out that this mm-hmm. is, like, the reason why people feel empowered to shoot uh, I mean, black people. that is what they're used to on <laughs> Fox News. And that's fucked like, up. Like, okay, there's no, there's no <laughs> balance. There's no check. There's no nothing. And... That's why that's you can have that conversation because you can have Tucker Carlson saying he talked about the white replace the great replacement theory 400 times on his show. He has <laughs> talked about like legacy Americans and how the Democrats are bringing what does that in, mean? you know, like Uncle Tom immigrants who I guess are going to just vote. Democrat and give them power. No, what does Wait, legacy American sh- mean? Shannon, what the hell he is has a legacy not defined American? it, but I'm sure because I mean if I'm, I'm, I'm African American. I've been here for 300. My family been here for 400 years. You is, are a am le- I legacy you American? have an American legacy. So I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure he's not talking Absolutely about me. Is not. my point? No. Okay. So <laughs> no, no. So it's yeah. It's I think it's it's Fox News. It's there was a. A thread. I don't know if this guy is a journalist or not, but he. I I think I've also seen a lot of journalists after trying to make sense of where this, like the fears that these these terrorists have are coming from, and like talking about them as if there's a real way to make sense of it. And also talking about it in a way that... Are you talking about that toothpaste yes. guy? The to- that, that actually, another thing that pissed me... Go ahead, explain it before I get into it pissed me off. And they're talking about it in a way that distances themselves from the racist, white supremacist, nationalist rhetoric. And I'm like, but it's all around us. It's not... Yes, kids are... I, you know, I think there is an argument that social media is 
depending on how the algorithms work and they're, you know, neutral and whatever, and we don't, certain platforms, they don't want to police, but like people are being fed certain content that is, yes, reinforcing all of these views. But white supremacy, white nationalism, and these fears that black people, um, Latino people, Asian people are going to take over and somehow that's going to mean that white people are going to lose the quality of life that they have. That is baked into the country. And there was this thread Mm -hmm. of this man who basically said that was talking about, I guess was trying to say that like his, the lived experience of (laughs) this, uh, the shooter in Buffalo, um, this 18-year-old, that he had, it started with a toothache. And that, I guess the toothache was like a metaphor for the decay in society and the rot of white supremacy and lack of access to healthcare. But this boy was middle class and I'm sure his parents likely had access to healthcare. Yeah, I was like, I saw his family. He had a dental <laughs> Okay, the, and it's because like basically the pain of the toothache led him to he apparently was upset about the dentist who was Jewish and then was finding all these anti-Semitic forums online and somehow that, you know, anti-Semitism and anti-black sentiments go are like part and parcel. And so then it led to to the anti the anti-black sentiments and all the hateful chat rooms. And then he got deep into that. And then somehow five tweets later, he's shooting up a supermarket in Buffalo because it's he all had because a of 4chan and, t- and a toothache. He tried to make him, um, he tried to humanize him, which I mean, sure, humanize your, your people if you want to. It did nothing for me. <laughs> I, I, and I, I thought it was sort of an irresponsible thread. I thought it was irresponsible too. And what I'm tired of is that the perpetrator is always the one we need to understand. When Why aren't you talking about the fact that people in Buffalo, in a low-income community, were at the grocery store and their lives were upended? Like, why don't we talk about the structural realities of what their day-to-day looks like and why it looks like that? Right. I think that's why I didn't like the thread. It, it felt, it, it felt anti, it, he didn't care about the victims either. That's why I was like, you and him are just the same to me. He didn't, you mention, didn't mention them, them at once. all. There was just a, this is a way for you to kind of humanize, you know, the poor white boy with the toothache and structural and his, and his structural issues. And I'm like, this is the problem. You, you don't have, any, you don't have any compassion. Like, this is why you're, this is why things like this proliferate because you, in your thread trying to, break down and be objective you showcase you have zero compassion which was the primary issue with that boy to begin with (laughs) okay (laughs) he was bred by a family with no compassion and zero parenting skills giving him a gun even though he already had mental issues like what the hell but (laughs) insane these quote-unquote two-parent households terrible terrible (laughs) and that is what I think when you look at it, that gets to the heart of also kind of what the issue here is, right? Like 
This 18-year-old went to a grocery store, shot 11 people, killed 10, and yet some people are dedicating time and energy to humanize him, white people, humanize him versus the people that were murdered. Not even trying to humanize them. Didn't mention the victims They're just once. And I think that is what is so insidious about white supremacy is because this guy probably thinks he's making a real point. And I'm like, no, the reason you want to make this point is because this kid is white. And so because white. of the whiteness, you can relate to him. On some and you don't want, level. And, 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 and on a selfish level, you don't want people to think badly about yourself. No. But in doing so, you are dehumanizing or showcasing you haven't shown any humanity to the victims. Which is because you don't care about that community. Neither did he, which is why you guys are aligned. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and so, I, yeah, that, that, I, I, didn't, I didn't just struggle with that threat. I straight up didn't like it. Um, but, yeah, it gets to the core of... American values. Yeah, and I will say liberal meat, like liberal, put it in quotes, media did did that throughout the Trump presidency and, you know, after Biden won with all of these, they gave room to people in these like opinion pieces, like especially the New York Times, to to like write about their fears, which essentially were like just their fears was that like other people were going to like have a kind of decent life in America and say that again. Can we pause? I don't want you to rush over yeah. that. Their fear was say it again, that this is back to that conservatism, that other people <laughs> that don't look like them that they can't relate to could maybe have a kind of decent life in America. Yeah. Cause it's all zero sum. So if that person has a decent life, then I my the life I have gotten used to will diminish in some way. And maybe it won't, but I can't risk that. So they have to stay below, below my foot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. And even the ones that come off liberal believe that. Yeah, we gave so much space to that. And very rarely did we have those same um, newspapers or TV segments talking about the fears of Everybody else. Everybody else. <laughs> and so let's let's pause here and I want to ask a question. This gets to like, so what is the overarching value in America? Because like, a lot of it comes down to that divisive us versus them, you know, um, that everybody else being the Dems catch all and the GOP really leaning into conservative mm -hmm. freedoms conservative liberties it's hard to call it a freedom because freedom to me means everyone but <laughs> conservative entitlements there we go so is that what it is mostly yeah i think we're, we're fighting over freedom like what what that means who gets to be free in america do you think okay so you would say America's overarching value? Because I've heard people say the reason there is so much division and there's a giant chasm and the fact that it's so, so much polarity is because we don't have an overarching value. We don't have a, we're not mono-ethnic, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like, we're not mono-religious. Um, so what is it? And then if it's, it's always been freedom, but then, okay, who's freedom? Yeah, that, that is it. And I... I think that is, that's the main issue. There's no consensus. It's, 
you know, the phrase from the Declaration of Independence is that America was founded on that this was going to be a place where everyone could find life. You would be able to live. You would find freedom and you could, you know, pursue the things that made you happy and like. Right. Life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Make some semblance of a life here without the tyranny of the British government. And <laughs> white people have said, okay, so, you know, we, when we wrote that, yeah. we had only us in mind. Uh, so mm-hmm. now it's going to be the rest of y'all. We want you to be under our <laughs> tyranny. Right. And then and we I think get the to words <laughs> used. Right. And the words used are indicative. Shannon did some work and looked at different country mottos, which I thought was, you know, a good, not good analysis, right? Because again, America's founding hashtag motto was um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which honestly, great. It's very enterprising. What did we say a core, a cornerstone of conservatism Capitalism. is? Free enterprise. Capitalism, free enterprise. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness, one can say that's kind of individualistic, you know? It's not really community oriented. It's pursuit no, there's of nothing happiness. that brings anyone together. Nothing brings anyone together. So what's the French motto? The, it's after to cut off the heads. <laughs> so what's the new the French motto post French, you know, revolution? Liberté, égalité, fraternité. Okay, liberty, equality, brotherhood. brotherhood. Okay, that is why the French band together and protest like a motherfucker and get the shit, you know. That's why they have rights. <laughs> Because that's their overarching value. <laughs> yeah, because they, they were like, listen. Togetherness. We, we're in this together. We try, like, we can't go back to Equality. the other way. And Equality is yep. a cornerstone of it. That wasn't for ours. No. Don't let them lie to you. That is not, that's not a, mm-mm. Yeah, the Germans, thinking of other Europeans, Germans is like their de facto motto is unity and justice and freedom. They led with what? Unity. And I think, yeah, and I think and justice and means justice. a lot. It's like, listen, the freedom you can enjoy here has to be in service to all of us, and it has community. to be something that is just. Right, and so the issue with America's idea of freedom without the equality, without the brotherhood, is that my freedom, I'm entitled to it, and I don't really give a hoot if it encroaches on your freedoms. No. You will just have to suffer. And that is a, that, that individualistic, mm, entitled, me, me, mine, mine, possessive, conservative attitude is the heart of, you know, middle America. Maybe that's what Tucker Carlson meant by legacy Americans. That is the legacy American motto. And it literally, it's, it, it's diametrically opposed or it's not aligned with other countries in the West. Which is why America has the highest polarity score of any country in the West. Because it's literally, you know, it's not new. It's, it's, our, it's our foundational motto. It's not focused on the right things. No. <laughs> okay. And apparently we, we're going to have to fight to the death over it. <laughs> Hello. Sorry, I'm looking at what else she wrote here. Um, Netherlands, I will maintain, is cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> that's their country's motto in Luxembourg we wish to remain what we are <laughs> they said leave us the hell alone don't bother us <laughs> I feel like I don't know it's such like a it's about like ooh, I'm tired and weary I'm putting my troubles down girl we're not trying to, you don't really, we're not trying to be better we're not them. trying to be worse we just want to be 
<laughs> okay. That that whole sector of the of the world, they said, um, we here, but we leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Um, uh, but yes, before we get into our last bit of who will survive in America, shout out to Gil Scott Heron. Heron. I wanted to circle back to um, another big difference I've no- I've noticed between the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And quite frankly, I know it sounds like I'm really passionate against the GOP. I'm just passionate against hatred and bitterness and bigotry. So you're passionate mm-hmm. against the GOP? The current GOP, you would say, yes. Um, I'm a registered independent, but yes, the current GOP's values are just out of whack and creating discontent in America. That said, I think the biggest reason the Democratic Party is struggling and has been for 30, 20, 30 years now, probably, uh, maybe more, is because they don't have a core value system the way the GOP has. A, like Since Reagan, I want to say Reagan onward, the GOP has had a core value and it's conservative values. And so it's all the things we talked about when we opened up the topic um, today. And I think that makes it easier for them to push, you know, for them to have, you know, 40-year um, 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 sh- political strategy about Roe v. Wade. It's why they can kind of, you know, uh, uh, band together and have, you know, what might sound like to us, like we're regressing, but for them, it's like, okay, we've had this in the works for a long time because we've always been purpose-driven and on one accord about these, this value system. And I think for the Democrats, it's very difficult because it's such a catch-all party. It's like, okay, you're not that, so we're all of this, but all of this is like 45 different stratified communities that aren't really unified. They're just maybe not against being oppressed. And so I think the Democrats have to sit Nancy Pelosi, Biden, Kamala, all, if you're all listening, you just sit and have a come-to-God moment about what you what it means to be a Democrat and what it means to be the fight for democracy. Because the laissez-faire, you know, roll back and take the hits. I'm not saying go full evil GOP, but uh, rally around something. Because right now, that's why there's no one energized to go out and vote. That's why the GOP voters are so energized because they're energized around their core value of hatred. Whatever it is, we don't have to agree with it, but it's, they're energized about it. So I think the, Demo- the Democrats need to find something. Yeah, I find think they need to lean into <laughs> to progressivism. I Like trying to hold this shit together with like tape or rubber band and trying to find some way to bridge a gap, I just don't think that's working. Cl- what and is I it, don't um, think it can uh, work. Clyburn. Like that's not. What's his first name? James. Clyburn. He, Jim or James, yeah, he doesn't think it's going to work either at the rate we're going. It's... And he used to be a beacon of hope. Let's... (laughs) Honestly, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about survival in America. Um, What's next? Who will survive Yeah, so when we were talking about this, I think Morgan broached this as, like, is the American experiment... Can it be successful? Like, is this is this going to work or like, are we going to break apart? Because things Implode. just do not yeah. feel tenable right now. And I like <laughs> representative James Clyburn from, who's a Congressman from South Carolina, democratic Congressman recently did an interview with the Atlantic where he talked about kind of 
where America's at. And this interview happened after the Buffalo shooting. And he is someone who was very active in the civil rights movement. And his outlook was not good. It was very mm-hmm. grim. And he seems very pessimistic about America's ability to realize the dreams of marginalized people that we just could live and breathe and, you know, realize the promises in the Declaration of Independence that we would be left to pursue the things that made us happy. And, you know, that's a dream that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King spoke about, and he just doesn't seem to think that America is moving in that direction. I think something that was so sobering that he said was that the country is in danger of imploding. Like, democracy is in Mm -hmm. danger of disintegrating. And I think that is something that... That is, I think, what the Democratic Party should really probably be forcing more of their message because it it actually is in danger. Um, And because of that... And then he also talked about the difference in reaction to the tragedy in Charleston at the church and the news cycle that happened after that and how that kind of did seem to bring people together and how now it doesn't seem to be bringing people together. Um, He said, you know, some Republicans are making a joke out of it. So he's... It being the Buffalo shooting. it being the Buffalo shooting Mm -hmm. and that it seems like people just are not interested in coming together anymore. And... What he said about the danger of America really made me think about the who will survive in America, the Joe Scott poem, comment number one, and that refrain at the end that he says, and it's just who will survive in America, who will survive in America, who will survive in America. And I I don't, I mean to sound... (laughs) ring any alarms here but to ring some alarms like it ring, feels ring the alarms like ring the we alarm. are at that point where we are literally <laughs> Listen, deciding Kanye sampled that for a reason he okay. did always always always, always. on pulse um, mm-hmm. where we are literally <laughs> deciding who who gets to survive here like we're not even on before i feel like we were trying to fight on like who gets to thrive here but now i think we've like pedaled back Talked about the Buffalo massacre. Roe v. Wade, with this draft opinion dropping and it becoming clear that it is the intent of the Supreme Court to overrule Roe v. Wade, which gave a constitutional right to abortion, which gave some bodily autonomy to women over whether they were going to be pregnant or not. And I... That literally is a question of survival because it's not an exaggeration to say that without the access, without access to abortion, women will die. We mm-hmm. already, America already has a high motherhood mortality rate in the Western world. Uh, that the risk of mortality is even higher for Black women, um, and so now. You have bills that are probably going to be coming out that are very restrictive and that also might give citizens the right to turn other people in who they believe have had an abortion. Can I pause for a second? Because I know this is Mm -hmm. important to us as two black women, and it should be important to all Americans because it affects Americans. But regarding the 
maternity mortality rate. Um, <laughs> the Republican senator from Louisiana, Bill Cassidy, what he said recently about that. Because, you know, Shannon just made the point that the U.S. has a high maternal mortality rate. And I quote, he said to Politico, about a third of our population is African-American. African-Americans have a higher incidence of maternal mortality. So if you correct our population for race, we're not as much of an outlier as it would otherwise Mm. appear. Now, I say that not to minimize the issue, but to focus the issue as to where it would Mm. be. For whatever reason, people of color have higher incidence of maternal mortality. Then he twirled off. Um, So what that made clear to me is that, fuck you, Bill Cassidy. What that made very clear to me, and it goes back in conservative values, doesn't relate to me. Who gives a fuck? Yes, it's a third of our population suffering. Again, don't care about those Negro, those Negresses. Could not find And what really burnt me up was the for whatever reason. Oh my God. Because that... It was that because this is a U.S. senator. So he's, a, he's allegedly a smart man who is, you know, a senator in the United States of America. And he said, for whatever reason, people of color have, for whatever reason, have a higher color um, incidence of maternal mortality. And it, that is what bothers me. It's that anti-CRT shit that they do. Mm-hmm. It's, he knows the reason. So I can't tell if it's weaponized um, um, obtuseness where they're choosing to shrug their shoulders and say, well, I don't know if it's truly, they can't comprehend. So it's, you know, intentional. It's a medical know, mystery. They don't have the range. You know, they don't understand how, you know, structural disenfranchisement may have led to this. Um, no, they don't, none of nothing about it makes, there's no through line that they could, you know, thread. and you know why yeah. there's none for them because they don't fucking care. They don't care. So again, it's not because they don't know. I want to make that very clear. I'm being facetious. They don't care. And so I can never give space to that. Back to Shannon's point about giving an opinions. I'm like, that is a U.S. senator. He's supposed to represent everyone or at least have a sense of diplomacy about everyone in the United States. Straight up saying, I don't care about them. And I have no, Id- I have no idea why. When he knows why, he just doesn't care to deep unpack it because it's not important to him. So yeah, I thought that was, that was recent. So that was very damning. So again, I'm I'm feeling like Clyburn. Like, where are we? This is where we are. And then you have some states that are, I think their abortion bans are so restrictive that this means that if a woman is pregnant and the fetus dies, she cannot go get the fetus extracted because that would be considered an abortion within the terms of the law. Oh, so they'll just have a, they'll have a, a, a festering. Yes. Dead so thing, she will die. Poisoning her body. She will die. If she like, cannot go to God another to state to get healthcare. <laughs> and actually this happened in Scotland in recent times, 2018, 2017, a woman, they were basically fighting over whether, this procedure that would have saved this woman's life and removed the fetus was legal. And as they were fighting over that, she died. From septic shock, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're regressing. So now like, we're... Accelerate, like aggressively ag- regressing. Like <laughs> crazy. So now we're trying to... We're fighting over whether women will have access to healthcare, that life-saving healthcare... Uh, you have, there's the rise of all these white supremacist groups. There's been a rise in anti-Asian hate. 
there's been a rise in, um, I guess, honestly, anti sex. So IUDs and condoms being restricted or on the, on the, on the, uh, bills that are suggesting that they should be in places like Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a rise in just morality, people enforcing their moral values on others. Um, we mentioned a rise in white supremacy, hate groups where there was also a rise in chauvinism and sexism and, men who feel unloved and unheard exacting vengeance yep. on others. And that's ethnicity agnostic. That's probably something that's affecting all, a lot of men. So there's a rise in that, you know? And then the women are countering by being a rise in pick-me's. Oh, we got to be, you know, back barefoot and bacon and still going to work 12 hours a day. I've seen such a rise in women saying they have to... I will work 14-hour shifts as a nurse and then come home and make dinner and then sleep two hours because men need support. <laughs> I cannot even get into that right now, but I will say that for the wayward sisters, I am only going to chalk this up as a trauma response and that you think that this is this that man <laughs> that you are killing yourself for is going to give you some form of protection from another man that is terrifying. That is all I have <laughs> for you, bitches. Because <laughs> you too can go to hell. <laughs> I saw that one lady. She told she told this woman on Twitter. She was like, "Well, the woman was like, well, I work." That's what the example I gave was what the woman said, and she was like, "Well, have you thought about? I know you work eleven hours, but like, she's like, I worked eleven hours. My husband didn't work that day. I came home." They were waiting, their son, he hadn't cooked for our son, they were waiting for me to cook. And the woman replied and was like, I mean, well, have you, did you ever think to crock pot and prepare the meal before you left? And that way he can just watch it so when you came home, the food would be ready. She had nothing to say about that man doing nothing all day. <laughs> so like some of our sisters are lost too. Um, apparently, we're, we're, it's a handmaid's tale. Women should be overly burdened. Women should have no rights and, you know, I think that's the dream of white, like the dream of supremacist across the board. Yeah. Is that where conservative? Actually, that is where, of course, because I mean, women weren't, weren't part of any conversations that were happening in the founding of the country. And so, you know, these conservatives love to talk about the founding fathers and the constitution and how wonderful of how amazing it was that they were able to create this document that is so good and so forward thinking that it gave us this wonderful framework of laws that, you know, we still use to this day and should not change. And these laws should be interpreted by men who couldn't have conceived in their wildest dreams of the fact that a child was going to be making millions of dollars on the internet by opening toys made in factories that they also could not have even dreamed of. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, let's be conservative. (laughs) Let's yeah. I don't know. It's time to bring back amendments. Can we add some more? Girl, we have not added amendments in so long. Uh, It's time. It's time. Yeah. I'm like, listen, if the conservatives love the constitution, I mean, yeah, like the constitution is, you know, wonderful foundational document that, you know, I'm not going to go there, but that's a different conversation for another day. But if, you know, if that is the only document or like 
set of laws, set of framework for how the country should run that they respect, then yeah, we need to get some more amendments in there. Yeah. You know, I'm with um, Clyburn at this point. Um, It's not, it's untenable. It's not sustainable where we are. It's downright, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. I'm scared. A lot of people would be scared here and I am one of them. A lot of people will be scared. A lot of people will be scared. A lot of people. Shout out. Shout out to Rosa. And then the fear is compounding because there were conversations among black people already about should, should black people get guns? Like, how do we protect ourselves here? I mean, listen, I'm not against it. I don't, I'm at that space where like, I don't want to own a firearm. I don't. But I also don't want to the... I just have this like, oh my gosh, it's going to be like the apocalypse because the civil war is going to happen part two and I'm going to be stuck without a, without a means of protection from crazy people. That I will say. And so that fear is the only reason I think I want a gun <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know when it's going to happen. It feels like at any moment. I had a dream. Oh my gosh. Shannon John's out there. The dream I had like two Not days you dreaming ago. dreaming of violence. No, it was more like the, like. Something happened. It was like, I, I did just watch um, Moonfall. You know, I love a good disaster flick with Holly Berry. So maybe it's because I watched that. But yeah, it was pretty much a disaster movie I in my dream. I can't because like, I haven't. I don't know anything about that film. It's a disaster okay. movie. Like the world is ending. The moon is coming to Earth. Asteroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like planes are falling out the sky in my dream. I'm like living in, my hi- in a high rise. And I'm like, what the hell is happening in a distance? And I see like all this hail and like all this stuff. And then... It gets to, you know, fast forward a day and then like there's no cell phone usage and I live in Seattle. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what's happening in Philadelphia and my family. But I'm like, everything's gone to shit. I don't have a gun. And so, you know, I was just like, ah. But I think that fear, that dream came out of like a mixture of just watching Moonfall slash like the Buffalo shooting slash like this general fear of like the apocalypse could happen at any moment. And the apocalypse might not be a zombie or a moon. It will be people having a stupid Civil War part two about trying to reclaim their whiteness, so. It will, and um, (laughs) this is, like, audio only, but I'm hiding my face because even I, in my, like, not my nightmares, but I was like, oh, my gosh, me out here as a single woman, I do not want to have a gun, but, like, like, do I need a husband? Like, is that, is that what this is driving? Oh, my gosh, is this? No. They don't, don't give, they don't care about whether black people have a kid, couple no, or I, not. You know, but it's, like, a fa- it's, a, it's a fair thought. Because what, you would be okay with them having a gun? <laughs> typically, no, because I'm like, I don't want you to, you know, have something to turn on me. But like, I don't know what, where I have to balance my fears, right? Like, it's a fear balance, balancing exercise. I trade-offs. Think about I it. Unpack that know. in your next I need to session. unpack that. Um, we mm-hmm. stopped therapy. Uh, updates on that later. Okay, we'll, we'll talk uh, about that later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Again, what Shannon just expressed is a real fear. Um, I get it. You know, um, uh, hell, I'm in a same-sex relationship, and this, these are things we have talked about. Like, okay, we are two women in a world full of crazy testosterone people who are stronger than us. So we need to get something because we can't, you know, and men have guns because they can't fight everybody either. They're like, listen, people out here are crazy and I'm not a fighter. I will get beat up. 
I've had a have I've had a male friend say that. So that's why he has a gun because he's like, if, if the Rock tries to fight me, I'm not. Uh, you know, he's gonna kill us both. So <laughs> I need I need like a I want a saber, like. Here you go. Like a, like, yeah, here you go. I'm going to let Shannon think about that. You know what? Oh, my gosh. That's like a business idea. I feel like something cute that looks like a lipstick that I could put in my wallet, my purse, and then pull it a out. A taser, maybe? Mm, I need something stronger. Mm. Something that could like slightly maim you a little bit, you know? Strong rubber bullets? I think something exists. You know, we're going to research this. But in the meantime, as we conclude um, and think about who will survive in America... We started the conclusion with inspiration from a poem, and we're going to end it with inspiration from a poem. And I think this is like slightly more uplifting than the way we started it. Um, and For who, but <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Uh, Mary Baraka has a poem that a speech called titled "Who Will Survive America," and in it he talks about the fact that. America as is will have to burn and there will have to be the death of America as we know it for, he says, the black man to survive, black women, let's call it, bring it out, call it marginalized people. And he ends it with, let us all survive who need to. Wish each other good luck. Wow. That's talk about market calibration. He said, let us, <laughs> that's pretty much survival of the fittest. Let us all survive who need to. <laughs> so, but he did wish us he black did. well. So I'm here and for that. And I Woo! feel like the let us all survive who need to, I'm going to take that as the best this country has to offer are the people who need to. I'm going to throw the best should always include compassionate people. I throw that word. I throw that yeah, word yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, The best because is. I realize people don't ever include it in like their metrics for success, and I'm like, this is why you have yes. to people <laughs> the world. And the best in America, <laughs> I mean, the people that are the heart and soul of this country, who keep it running, who contribute to care about who their care fellow neighbor, about their neighbor, give this country a sense of that, make it home, right? Like. You know, mm-hmm. and that make cool shit and make America like make the good things, make the food taste good, like the music sound good, like just there's a lot of good. We just have to get rid of the bad. <laughs> right. The bad meaning the, the bigotry, bigotry, the racism, the discompassion. We have to be specific because good and bad, different things, different people. <laughs> Very angels and demons. <laughs> your angel's my demon, my demon's your angel, and vice versa. Um, so we're going to be specific here. And so we were. Yeah. You know what our good is, you know what our bad is. Yeah. And on that note, we wish you good luck. <laughs> <laughs> we wish you good luck. <laughs> Survive if you need to. <laughs> um, but no, seriously. Uh, but if you're luck. a Jones listener, obviously you need to. It's science. It's science. Um, like, subscribe, retweet, review. Um, two y, at two wise Johns, all places. And we will see you on the flip side. Bye. Later.